I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I covered every single episode of the TV show Supernatural, and then we moved on to the Winchesters, the Supernatural prequel as uh, made by Jensen Ackles and Robbie Thompson and a bunch of other crew as well. And now we're at the end of the road, Chris. Uh, we are we are going to ramble on into the sunset because this is the last episode of the Winchesters, the finale. How do you feel? Yeah. How do you feel coming into coming into it um, and, and coming out of it? Like we we talked last week and you were like, yeah, like this this has a lot to do. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see how it does it, and then it did it. So now I'm curious how you feel. Yeah, it feels like half of this episode was here's the pitch if we get another season and here's the pitch if we don't. And they kind of had to merge those two in into one episode. Um, it's such a weird thing because I think the show had so much potential and it would have been so cool to see ideas fleshed out down the road. On the other hand, part of me thinks it's almost like I can appreciate what this is more because there's not going to be any more of it. Um, and I, uh, it's, it's, they, Yes and no on on of like really <laughs> working my way into the sentence like uh, yes and no it did it satisfy me did it did it cross all the t's and dot all the i's there's so many things that I would have liked to have seen mm-hmm. but I feel like as far as like what the main thrust of it was they kind of nailed and I said this to you in text like it just sort of reminded me to like of the end of a good movie where you know maybe there's a there's a two and a half hour movie it's filled with great characters and it's a time before sequels and franchises and you just watch these characters you only get a couple scenes with them yeah. and then you move on to the next thing and you had a great time you can rewatch the movie like it almost had that kind of vibe to it except it was connected to something bigger obviously it um, um it obviously relies on nostalgia a lot uh if, yeah. we, if you can say that you're nostalgic for supernatural at this point but, i guess uh, i sort of am yeah in yeah. a way because being nostalgic for it isn't like when I watched season 15 a year ago or whatever. Exactly. It's when I yeah. watched season one 15 years ago, you know? the um, I think that the show ends very well. I think it wraps up the, the kind of mysteries that it sets out in the first episode and throughout the season. Um, it's a little too um, kind of hand-wavy about the details. Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that just happens, um, and it's really good that it happened, because otherwise there's no way that the Scooby gang would have been able to, like, accomplish their right. goals, right? Like, it's just very, it's all very pat. Uh, but it does the thing where it brings in some beloved supernatural characters that we know and love uh, in such a way to really hammer home the relationships of our core four actors or four, you know, family or four hunters, I guess I should say. Yeah. Um, and it, and it's once again, just very impressive. I said this with, with the Rowena episode and I said this with the Henry Winchester episode and I said this with the, um, 
Loki episode, it, they they bring these characters in in such a way that they don't overshadow like the main plot line, which is, has to be really hard when you're dropping fucking Dean Winchester, Bobby, Jack, and the Impala on top of a fucking yeah. episode. Like it's all things considered, I'd say they showed restraint. Yeah, <laughs> I, absolutely. Uh, and at the same time, it's so reminiscent of Swan Song that I feel like yeah. it's just it's it's almost a tribute to if you can make a tribute to an episode of television like I feel like that is what they really set out to accomplish mm-hmm. um and they even like name drop swan song somewhere in this uh, they they use the words in the in a yeah, conversation yeah. which I have in my notes somewhere um but I like the first time I watched this I it was late at night I had binged uh, a couple of episodes I was doing a little drinking and <laughs> I got extremely emotional man like it's it's a very emotional time I think they really nail all of the stuff that I wanted them to nail with uh, John and um, the Scooby gang with John and Mary mm-hmm. and Carlos and Lata. Uh, it's it's just a real weird thing. Like, and it's, yeah. it can be kind of frustrating too, because I've had some conversations with people who were like, well, I'm kind of bummed that this isn't our John and Mary. Um, but I, I almost feel the opposite. I'm kind of glad this isn't our John and Mary. It makes it, to me, it gives me like it's it's almost like that fanfic, like fix it fic mm-hmm. kind of thing of like, oh, I, you know, the people that I know didn't get to have this life, but there's these other people that can, and that's. I great. like the idea of Dean finding a John and Mary somewhere because it feels like in every timeline possible, Sam and Dean and their lives were sort of going to always end up the same way to some degree or another, depending you know how they handled it might change, but. It seems like, from what I remember from Supernatural, that was always sort of the case. It was always Sam versus Dean. They were always pitted against each other in that way and then had to live with the fallout. This is creating a timeline where that won't happen. And just one timeline where they aren't going to hide from monsters. They're not going to just pretend that life is normal. But things aren't going to be as uh, toxic and complicated because, you know, Mary's not going to die. John's not going to lose it and take the kids on the road and, and ruin their lives. That They will be a family. This gives them one timeline where they can be a family. Um, and as far as, like, rewriting stuff, like... You can't rewrite our John and Mary because then every then all of supernatural changes. So, and I understand wanting to just see that story and see where they ended up. And we've talked about so many things like, oh, this makes Sam and Dean's story even more tragic, or it sheds so much light mm-hmm. on this or that. But um, so, in that regard, I, I I can see like the criticism. But I was just I don't know. I think what it all came down to for me was that it felt right even if all the details didn't quite like nail it. I just felt like I was enjoying a good old fashioned episode of supernatural. And as somebody who can be a bit of a hater, sometimes that was a really nice feeling. Well, let's, uh, let's get into it. Uh, let's first thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week for continuing to support the podcast. Uh, doing so gets them episodes of this podcast early. It gets them access to our discord server and gets them all sorts of exclusive content. Uh, let's also mention that since it's the finale, we're going to be doing a feedback episode uh, we're going to be recording it like a month from now. You're going to be hearing it in like a week. <laughs> Podcasts are weird. Yeah. Uh, we have a special guest lined up. I'm very excited for uh, them to guest. I'm, I want all of you people listening to send us your thoughts and feelings about the Winchesters as a whole. Uh, the series, whether it's you know in isolation, how it stacks up to the original Supernatural, how you liked the kind of reveal that this is an alternate universe, what you thought about all of this stuff. Uh, please send us stuff. And then Chris... You need to remind us what's been happening in the Winchesters. Well, last time on the Winchesters, John and Mary were forced to face reality and stop running from their feelings 
after falling under the influence of a ghost clown. Meanwhile, Ada sought out a coven of witches seeking a power strong enough to take down the Akrita. She found an unlikely ally in none other than Rowena and was given the power she would need for the spell. The only catch is it would take it would cost her a piece of her soul. The final episode is upon us, and I am left with one burning question, Jeremy. Mm. Where's Dean? Where's Dean? We're covering season one, episode 13. Hey, that's no way to say goodbye. As uh, written by Leonard Cohen, uh, sung by Leonard Cohen, and also a variety of other people. Uh, great song, if you've never listened great to song. it. Uh, great song. Actually, I know you've listened to it because I'm planning on putting it at the beginning of the episode. Hell <laughs> so yes. Go- Everyone has, will have heard it by the time they hear me talk about it. This was directed by John Showalter, written by Robbie Thompson, and aired on March 7, 2023. We know those names, Chris. Those names have been around a lot. Uh, we sure do. John receives a message from a mysterious stranger. Meanwhile, Carlos, Latica, and Ada work together to find answers, but time is running out. Lastly, Mary and John have a warm but awkward reunion. There is a lot to unpack, but they realize this isn't the time or place. All right. I don't. Did they get AI to start writing these towards the end? I think like so. I just. I, I mean, so. like, there's a lot to unpack. Is a sentence in like a fucking original description? Crazy. All right. Uh, let's start it out. Detroit, Michigan, 1972. John walks into a train station. He is dressed in his formal uh, Marine uniform. Uh, he approaches the ticket office and is, can tell just the, the dude is lost. And the the yeah. ticket uh, seller has a little bit of sympathy for him. Like, what do, what are you doing? She, you know, are you coming home? Are you leaving? For, are you leaving for the war? And he says, like, I'm here to bury my friend. Um, and he, the lady gives him a schedule and is like, hey, why don't you sit down and um, just look through this and I'll, I'll help you when you're ready. Um, so he sits down and time passes around him. Uh, like people get up and leave and he's just sitting there kind of without any sort of direction whatsoever. And then, Chris, finally, the answer to your burning question, where's Dean? Where's Dean Winchester Dean? appears. Um, it is... So I watched The Boys season three where mm-hmm. uh, Jensen Ackles takes on the role of Soldier Boy, uh, which is also kind of funny considering Mary calls John Soldier Boy throughout this. Um, it's remarkable how much Jensen inhabits the character of Dean. Like you see him and he's Dean Winchester. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you're like me, but I get emotional when I see Dean Winchester now. Like I've I, pa- Yeah, that, I've, that is a thing that happens now. He's also looking fly as hell in that like oh, overcoat and turtleneck. I've never seen him wear anything like that before. Only when Michael was possessing him did he look this fly. Yeah, <laughs> like that yeah. was the he's only looking, time. He's, like, he, like he's, not, he's, he's not dressed like Dean. Like even his hair is a little different. No, yeah. That's obviously just because that's, you know, Jensen Ackles was probably shooting something else. But like, he just, he looks good as hell. <laughs> Uh, Dean Winchester appears, asks if this is John Winchester. John looks up, hands him a letter. Uh, John opens it. Of course, this is the letter from his father um, that he never received in our timeline. This never happened. Um, And John, of course, is confused. Where did you get this letter? Looks up. Dean is gone. Uh, And John runs to the ticket counter and says, I need to sprinted across the train station so fast. (laughs) I need a ticket to Lawrence. I got to get to Lawrence. Uh, Guess I'm not going to bury my friend anymore. I'm going to go home. Yeah, I I sort of took it as like, I didn't take it until after the fact, but I took it as John has just buried his friend. Sure. That yeah. was his like mission coming home, and now he doesn't know where to go because he's like, "Well, I did that. I do I go back to Lawrence? Am I just gonna go yeah. find a new life somewhere? You know?" So, uh, 
Dean is watching from on high from the second story, uh, and he is joined by our friend Bobby Singer. Bobby! Uh, Bobby kind of chides Dean a little bit, like, we're not supposed to meddle in this stuff, and Dean says, it's just a nudge. You always told me if I was going to be stupid, I should be smart about it. Yeah. Uh, And there's this extremely touching moment between Bobby and Dean where Bobby says, um, you know, I'll tell you what, I will will go get the Calvary together. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I'm going to. And then uh, he looks at Dean and says, one last hunt. And Dean looks at him and says, one last hunt, with a look on his face that I've seen before that I know very well means this is not going to be the last hunt, Chris. (laughs) This is absolutely not the one last hunt. Uh, There was a a brief flicker in my heart where I thought, are we going to see Sam and Castiel, even with all the weirdness with mm -hmm, Jared Mm Padalecki, what the show being made? But I thought maybe they all just, you know, water under the bridge and the... uh, they at least mentioned later on, like, well, Sam's still alive. I'm like, okay, but where's Cass? Where's Cass? Where we're is... still asking that because I think the idea that we were left with in the in the finale of, of Supernatural is like, okay, no, yeah, Cass is, you know, he's back, right? Yeah. But we never see him again, so yeah. it's like, you know, kind of a sore spot. Was he too busy fucking filming with Gotham Knights or whatever the hell? Yeah, which another show that got canceled. Um, you want to talk... swing by in a, in a CGI trench coat for a minute? You, you know? want to talk about somebody that got fucking shredded, by the way. <laughs> I don't know if you saw any images oh, of, of Misha Collins, but he went season well, he four got of Sam Winchester. Right? He got divorced. Uh, well, he so got divorced to be huge. A, a while back. But I think he just like, he was like, I'm Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent shredded and I'm, I'm going to be naked from the waist up sometimes and I'm going to be fucking fu- ironed up, man. Like, I, Good for him. Good for him. Um, He's looking pretty good. Uh, We get our splash screen, classic Winchester's logo, but there's something different. This time it gets crushed up and sucked into a portal. I and, didn't even notice that that was different. <laughs> uh, we jump to the present day uh, where Samuel is confronting Mary about basically her plans uh he's he's holding an envelope where uh we're kind of made to understand that this is like her not accepting um the her not accepting the offer from ksu to go to college right like she's and she's saying like i don't know man like i don't know what i want to do and also i don't want to fucking talk about it like you've been gone forever um meanwhile samuel has found a lead on dean uh he has met up with a hunter named joan uh who saw him a few weeks ago and they're gonna go meet her uh Samuel, meanwhile, uh, goes back to the original subject. Does John know you're not going to college? She's like, look, man, this is none of your fucking business. Like, I'm not not having this conversation (laughs) with you. I do not care about what your feelings are about this. Yeah, I wrote, she's like, there's a lot going on, Dad. (laughs) That was my entire note for this conversation. Classic teenager behavior, really. (laughs) Uh, We jump over to John and Millie. Um... John's kind of explaining to Millie that there's only one shot to use the crystal. Uh, and then Millie does the same thing that Samuel was doing, which is turn the conversation to their relationship. Like, what's how is it going to work? Like, if she's going to college and you're hunting. Mom, like, stop. And she's just like, hey, Mom, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. Like, we're just, we're just boyfriend and girlfriend. Like, that's enough. Yeah. Uh, and then we jump... Um, over to Carlos, uh, who naturally is crushing on a the very handsome Dean Winchester, mm-hmm. what they mm-hmm. call their mysterious stranger. Uh, and it's up to Lata to remind us of all of the plot points from the last episode, as, as you did so beautifully in your synopsis earlier, uh, in your yes. words so far earlier. Lata explains that they can use the crystal, but once, uh, and this is where Ada reveals, oh, uh, I left out an important detail. It has to be powered up with the human soul. Uh, it's, oh. re- it's really interesting. I, I've been listening to Carrie and Wayward, and they just got to the Titanic episode. 
um, which I had forgotten was an episode where somebody in Supernatural goes back in time to stop the Titanic sinking so that it would produce 50,000 souls for Castiel to use as a weapon in heaven. And I just remember... That is fucking ridiculous we probably talked about for 45 minutes to an hour and i just like i was listening to them speak and i was like i this cannot be true <laughs> like they are cannot like, be a real they, thing that they th- did. this is not a thing that i i just would went I've along definitely with seen that episode like four times absolutely it. yeah yeah i just remember that dude's v-neck so this awful awful v-neck so vividly oh, yeah. um yeah soul power uh and I'm, i guess there's a thing where if you use a little bit of your soul, you're going to lose all of it eventually. And Lata says, "Hey, I'm going to do some research. We're going to figure this out. We're going to solve it." And she looks at Lot and she looks at Ada and says, "We've got you, Ada." Which feels yeah. I also like that in the scene, Ada's like, "Yeah, all I have to do is hold up this crystal just like this and say a word in Latin." And then she like opens her mouth. And everyone's like, "Chill, Whoa. Ada. Okay, you don't have to fucking do it right now. Hold up, Gun my man. safety, Ada. <laughs> yeah, no doubt." Uh, <laughs> Meanwhile, we go over to Samuel, Mary, and John, uh, who are all walking into a bar, which sounds like a setup. Sounds like it'd be a fun setup, but I don't really have a punchline for it. It is, well, it is a setup, though, because... Um. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is a setup. You're absolutely right. Uh, they this, to- this part of it, I was like, huh? Like, what are we doing? Joan Hopkins. So we go and we meet this woman, Joan, who had the lead on the fella in the picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she reveals, like, hey, Campbell... Our family's hunted together way back when. And Samuel's like, yeah, well, listen, lady, I never heard of you. Um, she says her family line ended a long time ago. And I'm like, all right, cool. Well, what the fuck does any of this mean? What it's, well, we're going to get a date later that I just was like, huh? <laughs> what are we doing? It, um, it feels a little weird. And this is what I mentioned. Uh, this is what I was referring to when I mentioned like things just happen a little too easily and quickly. Uh, because like this is just... The, it's very very apparent like she goes through a whole spiel but then reveals herself to be the accreted queen um and it's like hey i'm here and i'm gonna give you my history uh here's all the things that you need to know about me that are gonna be important for conquering yeah. me later and uh and it's fine it doesn't last very long it's it's reasonably well acted i like the i like the uh actor that's playing joan everybody's having a good time in this episode or in this in this scene it's, it's it does that thing that I always love where like uh oh turns out everybody in the bar is on is an Akrita or is a demon mm-hmm. or is a whatever or Leviathan or whatever yeah uh, and, uh, yeah in this just, scene yeah she reveals like hey yeah Dean was poking his head where he where he didn't belong so she like confronted him and then opened up a portal and sent him into it and he was allegedly torn to shreds yes. except you know I guess he can't because he's not alive um but she says oh yeah all he left behind was uh was a journal. Just a just a single journal, and then she reveals that yeah, while she is the Akrita queen in a bar full of Akrita, she herself is not actually an Akrita. She was human once upon a time, um, and she was a hunter, and she's just like juiced up on monster essence. Mm-hmm. Kind of fascinating, and we're going to learn a little bit more about her history here in just a bit. Uh, she it's implied a little bit that she has met John Winchester before because she. As John is like, hey, if we're here for a fight, like you might as well just skip the monologue. And she says, oh, yeah. that's that's the John I know. Um, but she doesn't she doesn't want them to fight. She just wanted them to leave the hideout uh, so that they could get in and attack it. Um, and then we immediately go to a flash to Lata uh, with the sound of a Krita just coming inside. So we're we're uh oh, like we're this this is very bad. Um, and Joan finally just lays this out and says, hey, like there's you only have two choices here. You can either join me. Or you can die. And then she snaps her fingers and the Akrita bugs use their teleportation magic to leave the bar. 
from with their possessed humans intact. Perfect. Yeah. And uh, again, like I feel like the Akrita are kind of a dumb villain. Um, mm-hmm. or, like as 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 this series is wrapped up, I don't need. I actually like their origin story a little bit with this. I just don't. I just yeah. think it, like the execution is a little goofy. Uh, but I it, just it, hate that everything is always snap their fingers, do this, do that, because they just want the the easy bad guy power move. Um, yeah. It doesn't have any like weight to it anymore and it hasn't for a very very long time for supernatural most of their villains have fallen flat for a very long time because they just aren't threatening like amara was a really interesting villain because she barely was one she was like a consciousness and she had this connection to dean i can't even think of other freaking villains chuck i guess chuck was all right at the very end right um i just wish that they wouldn't hand wave through so much of this stuff um because while it doesn't really matter it does start to pile up a little bit and after a 16th season in this universe you start to feel the, the you know the hand waviness of it Absolutely. Like the fact that the Akrita are snapping and teleporting is kind of lame to me. Um, and I, again, we've talked about this a lot that I would just prefer to see the bugs. Uh, if she had snapped and everybody turned into a bug and they skittered out of this bar, I would be fucking clapping my hands like a seal. I would be having the best I time mean, of my dude, life. Literally. Yeah. Literally. I would be, I would be like on fucking like the moon. But also, I just want to say, like, as, as much as I think that's a valid complaint that the Akrita are kind of like weirdly generic for villains, um, at least in the way that it's executed it doesn't end up mattering that much. Like they really wrung the emotional juices, which I think is what most people are here for in this story. Like what, what what I want to know more about these characters and like using that as a backdrop is fine. Um, Of course uh, they create a disappear. John and Mary immediately go to uh, the, the old Campbell house uh, to look in the attic for any information about this, this person, um, yeah, they're all just like, yeah, well, okay, well, they got the clubhouse, so we'll just not worry about that right now. And then Carlos and Ada are like, but uh, Lata is in there. <laughs> yeah, they well, uh, Samuel goes to the clubhouse to like seal the entrances, right, to like protect right, right, it. Right, but right, then right. they don't realize until Carlos and Ada arrive that oh yeah, Lata is there. Um, uh oh. And then we cut Uh-oh. over to Joan inside the hideout, looking for Lata, doing the whole typical like, "Come on out, I'm ready to play," kind of kind of thing. Um, and man, I I think this is a moment that probably gets overshadowed in the bigger conversation of this finale. This is a moment that I actually really really don't like. Uh, it's Lata immediately attacks um, Joan with a knife, um, and Joan points out like, "Oh, you know, you, you've." You, you betrayed your pacifist nature. Look what these hunters have done to you. Like, look what being a hunter has done to you. And I get what they're going for, but like having this moment with Lata in the last couple of episodes where we, we learned her quote unquote deep dark secret, the kind of origin of her pacifism and the, the, having seen her realize that there's more to hunting than just the, the fighting and the killing. This really like undercut, like kind of strikes through all of that in a weird way. And I don't like it. It's, I feel like Lata and Carlos specifically are going to get sidelined for most of this episode. And yeah. it's kind of a bummer to me. Like, especially this, like, I just feel like it's like, oh, she was, she was big mad or she was so scared or whatever. But like, I would have really I think preferred it's like, a, oh, she finally has something that she's, she's to protect. She's willing to forsake this vow. I don't think that's good though. I think that that's probably how they're read. trying to spin it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's just how they're trying to spin it of like, oh, but but it's like, oh, she's just so desperate. You would think that someone like her would have something prepared. 
some way to escape, some way to freeze the enemy so she can run away or what, you know, anything, anything. And this could have been just, just a, a victim of time, right? Like we only have 42 yeah. minutes. We don't have time for Lata to do a game of mental cat and mouse with, is the, it, with the is, queen. Is it more impactful if she breaks her um, uh, pacifism vow and, and strikes her? Or is it more impactful if Lata just stands up to her and it's just, you know, looks this thing in the eyes and it's just like, okay. Yeah, exactly. Just faces her down without, like, you know, I know whatever you do to me, my friends will come and they will kill you uh, and I'm not going to worry about it. Um, and that's sort of, uh, again, I'm sure we're not the first people to make this comment. I'm sure in the writer's room they were talking about this, right? Like, they obviously had a very specific reason to do this. And I think the line, like, look what Dunting has done to you, is is what they wanted this character art to be. Like, I would be very surprised if we didn't get a lot of follow the, a follow-up with this in their season two, right? Like, this feels like yeah. a move that would have a lot of fallout. Um, and, be- and if it did, then I think that that's... Good. That's good, right. You, yeah. you take somebody, you push them to the edge, you make them cross a line that they said they would never cross, and, and then, then you deal with it. Um, after the fact but there's since there's no time to deal with it again this feels like um a tale of two episodes where exactly yeah. i don't i don't know if they how far ahead of time you can plan for these things or if it's just like well we need to wrap up this storyline and then hopefully we'll get a chance to continue things uh, i i don't really know how that stuff goes so when the um, it is um when the first episode came out robbie thompson had an interview and very specifically said like we have a plan for season one like people were pointing out like tiny discrepancies and things like that in the episodes of like what happened in the real supernatural. And he was basically just out in front of it saying like, it's all going to make sense by the finale. Like give us, give us 13 episodes or whatever, which is a lot to ask, I think, right. Like to, to trust somebody for 13 episodes Mm -hmm. for, you know, half of a day (laughs) of of watching these actors do their thing. Um, So I, I feel like they definitely had this conclusion written um, and I, I, I legitimately believe with no proof whatsoever that they were just fighting for their lives to get a second season. And they were giving this and like using this um, kind of thing with Lata as, as also like the history of the Campbells. I think we would have probably explored that, like having them have been hunting back in the 1800s mm-hmm. or whatever, as much as I do not want to see any more old West bullshit. I, I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think that they were like, well, you're not a fan of Walker independence. Ooh, dude, I just I just don't care anymore, man. Like I just can't summon the strength to or the interest in a fucking dude in a dusty hat to talk at all gruff. I just don't care. Um, anyway, I, I feel like they were planting those hooks, um, but uh, mm-hmm. it's definitely it's, definitely it's definitely weird when we don't we will never get any follow up and like Lata doesn't get a lot like any more development. Like she gets some lines and she gets and it's fun, but like she doesn't get hardly any development in the rest of the no. So no. Neither does Carlos. Carlos just gets to like be cool for a minute, but there's nothing else happens with him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Mary, Mary fa- finds yeah. find some lore. Go ahead. She finds some lore on Joan, and she reads the the the, the word sixteen seventy three. And I think John is like, was there a sixteen in front of that seventy <laughs> three? Um, and yeah, we we get this long backstory about about Joan. She was like, uh, she turned on her own kind to escape hunting. Um, and something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. She wanted to get out of hunting, and they really couldn't. Um, oh, and they cut. So I got confused here because then it cuts back from Mary explaining this to uh, to Joan explaining this to Lata. Yeah, uh, and Joan telling her that like you know there was always a monster, a death, an apocalypse that like she always just had something else, and she realized uh, and kind of a 
and this is a classic supernatural conundrum, right? We've seen Dean Winchester struggle with this. Like, oh, there's always a thing. Like, when, when, am, I, when am I allowed to rest? Like, there'd be rest when you were gone, all that kind of bullshit. Um, there'd be rest when you were gone. There'd be rest when you were done. <laughs> That's a much different mm-hmm. song. If it's there would be rest when you were gone. <laughs> um, and she, she eventually decides, like, oh, it's probably not the monsters that are a problem. It's the humans. Like, they're the ones that need saving. And every time we save them, they just continue to fucking fuck it up. Like, they just... They're just they're just bad, and it, it, if you really look at it a certain way, they're nothing more than food. Uh, and Lata asks the question, like, is that you talking, or is that the monster essence? Um, and we go back to Mary. Uh, the hunters couldn't figure out a way to kill this kind of powered-up person, so instead of killing her, um, this is where I'm confused, because I think Mary's lore specifically says this was hunters, but Joan refers to the men of letters doing this to her. They banish her from their world, so they kicked her off the out of the universe, uh, which is a baller move to do with a, with a big villain. That's a pretty baller move. Um, she should have stayed kicked out of the universe, but yeah, it was just essentially like, hey, we can't kill you, we don't have any way to deal with you, so we're just kicking you out. Yeah. Uh, Lata makes one last desperate move, tries to stab Joan with a scalpel. It doesn't hurt her very much at all. Uh, and Joan is able to get close enough to grab her by the neck and then burn the anti-possession tattoo off of her. Which yeah. is a total bummer. Total bummer. Uh, again, I guess when you think about it in the context of season two, we're going to do all this stuff. Uh, some of this is interesting. But here, it's just like, damn, why are we just, like, beat this shit out of Lada? She doesn't deserve this. Yeah, it's, again, like, it's just, it's, it's it's something that I feel like feel like they would have definitely explored. Like, I don't necessarily think they did the character dirty. I just it's like, think... they're sort of just, like, victimizing her in a way that, like, maybe that's not the right way to put it, but it's just, like, we're just beating up on her. We're making her, like, break her unbreakable vow. We're making her get possessed. We're making her get attacked, choked. It's very violent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not, like totally off put by all of it because it's supernatural and i understand this is just the way that it goes but when you really like start to think about it I'm like man this kind of stinks why they have sucks. to do our girl like this yeah like even even if they'd done it to carlos maybe it would have been better because he couldn't you know he fights back but he still gets overpowered and then he is a fighter so then they having to sword fight with carlos okay hold on hold on how did we get here chris how did we get he's here? doing the hair flips and everything uh-huh, okay all right, uh-huh, all right. Uh-huh. You're, anyway you're trying anyway. to match him you're like whoa that's a great move whoa. i'm gonna i'm gonna whoa. mirror that um uh-huh. we get back over to mary's house um ada is talking about how this is the queen's swan song i mentioned that earlier i just thought that was a neat little note uh, mm-hmm. And Carlos has an idea, and it may or may not have come from a uh, some 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 a great acid trip a, a few weeks back. Uh, what if they could turn back the tape metaphysically? What if they use the ostium um, to not send somebody somewhere or something somewhere, but they use the ostium to bring a person back? Because now they have this hunter's journal, which presumably is blank. Is that the implication that you're getting? Like, I think it- so. I think they, okay. yeah, they look like a blank journal. It looked very clean. Yeah, so this is like a clean version of John Winchester's journal, uh, and they but they know that the mysterious stranger it belonged to him, so that they can bring him back if they reverse the polarity or whatever. Um, again, this is all like wishy washy, hand wavy, timey wimey, magic magic or whatever. And I don't, it's not like great, but also I don't quite care particularly that much. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, at this I'm point not... in the episode, I'm just like, bring him back. <laughs> we need Dean. Yeah. I need Dean to be leading the charge on this or like being bossed around by Mary. I, like whatever. I just need him in the room. I think you've, you've been teasing yeah. me for the 12, thir- 12 or 13 episodes. I need you Dean gave in me the room. one look at that turtleneck earlier. And now I need him. I need you to follow through. Get, get in the fucking car is what I'm saying. Um, get in the turtleneck. They, 
they're they're going to split up to figure some shit out. Uh, and then we go back to the hideout. Lata is unfortunately possessed uh, by an Akrita. Uh, we see that she is putting up a fight though, as the Akrita lifts Lata's hands, and we can see her shaking. Um, and Joan starts explaining to presumably the Akrita that already knows this story because she just tells it all of the time to the Akrita because she's their queen and that's what you do when you're queen is just repeat your stories over and over again. Um, but the men of letters had created a spell to stop the Akrita portal from opening and uh, Joan is going to undo all of that with fire. Uh, and sure enough, she's got this like weird powder that she pours on the men of letters symbol on the floor and when she lights it on fire, not just that symbol, but all of the men of letters symbols, uh, which are probably sigils or, not, or runes of some kind that was keeping this from happening all get burned up in the room which is super a big bummer so huge bummer uh there there goes the decorations there goes the the decor just in time for thanksgiving everything's ruined yep bummer uh all right so where do the swords come in we're much we're so uh, we're so far away from swords chris i'm so sorry <laughs> um yeah where are we at hold on I was taking a drink of water, so my bad. It's okay. And I'm going through my notes because I was just sort of following along without looking at my notes. Um, now we talk about... Um, oh, the the Scooby gang. They get back to the to the hideout and they see what happened. Uh, they see all of these oh, yes. burn symbols. Okay. Um, they wonder what the heck is going on. And then, of course, the Akrita Lata arrives uh, and does the same trick that uh, Kyle did, which is threatening to kill Lata if they don't join her. Um, it specifically says something like how like, many, no, we actually like you, how many Campbell's <laughs> no, don't kill yourself. You're so pretty. <laughs> yeah. You're so nice. <laughs> how many Campbell's and Winchester's have to die? Uh, again, the implication here, I think that this, 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 this fight has been going on within these families are, are really fascinating to me. Like, I think, I think that is probably something that would be interesting to explore in a prequel series. I don't necessarily care about it that much but if they write interesting characters i'd be here but it'd be you know yeah. it's just kind of a weird like again sequel hook um the Akrita tells a story about the men of letters sending joan out of their universe where they where she found the Akrita, uh and this is where we learn that the Akrita was a race made by an angry and vengeful god to wipe out life in every universe that he didn't like and of course we know god to mean chuck uh and that, that, that was their purpose. Like he would just turn them loose on a universe and they would eat it up. But the queen, AKA Joan gave them meaning. Uh, they were mm-hmm. going to now free every world from the tyranny of mankind. Um, and then after giving this speech uh, full of information, that's going to be very helpful in defeating the Akrita later. Uh, she threatens to kill Lata again. Uh, and Ada at this point comes through and doesn't even hesitate, lifts up the crystal, uses the, the Latin term and just fucking ejects this, this, uh, a creative person from Lata's body, uh, yeah. sacrificing herself to save her friend in a very big emotional moment. Uh, and as Lata catches her breath, she looks over at Ada and thanks her. And Ada says, "You have to find the other way." Like uh, referring to, we have to find a way to fix her soul. So yeah, um, would have been nice if these two got like a little more time to hang out together. But and and I don't know if it comes up again later. But I, and you said this already. It is an interesting backstory for the Akrita because we did know that Chuck was like destroying all these universes like one by one until he mm-hmm. got to Sam and Dean's. So uh, the this being like an offshoot of that like totally makes sense. I, I I think that that works as far as the lore goes. And I love a freaky bug, you know. You look, freaky bugs are great, man. I, I do love a freaky bug. I like the and again, like you said, like the idea of uh, the actually knowing the mechanics of him shutting down universes is really interesting to me. Right, like just super good. Yeah um we go uh 
Um, oh, Lata now understands how to hurt the queen. Um, she has all of her strength back, uh, but she and she has all of the monster assets. But she is um, also has monster weaknesses. Like she cut her with some silver. Uh, yeah. So now we we can use we can use and I thought this was going to be a much bigger thing, but it's really just Absolutely used as, to, to kill Absolutely time. Not. Yeah, I thought yeah. this was going to be a really cool idea. Like, oh, now we've got to cut off the head, and now we've got to hit hit it with silver. Like they were going to have to do like the the full court uh, push, but no, that yeah. doesn't really yeah. happen. It doesn't play out that way. Um, you have to uh, hit her with salt. <laughs> Millie and Carlos have figured out a way to reverse the polarity of the ostium, uh, so they can bring the mystery uh, man okay. back. Uh, of course, they, they have. That later it's going to be when they actually do this it's just tracing the symbols backwards which I feel like that's just a really good solid guess like yeah, I think that's just yeah. a really good yeah you guess. guess a bunch of shit and then that one works and you go oh, oh, oh alright perfect yeah, all right, yeah okay, great cool. I got it in one uh, but they also have figured out that it can only happen at midnight why because of drama yeah uh, and they'll need to figure out a way to keep the queen busy until then uh, and that's when we're going to figure out that, well, we're going to use her monster weaknesses uh, to battle her monster powers yeah um, Mary is ready to go. Yes. She's got the rocket launcher on her shoulder, and mm-hmm. she's like, "I'm fucking doing this. Uh, I'm gonna go head out. You all work on finding this mystery man, and uh, we'll call it a day." But John pulls her aside, and he's like, "Hey, listen. I think that you should stay behind. Hear me out. Not because I'm like, don't think that you're capable. It's because you are the best hunter here. And whoever faces Joan, let's be honest, there's a good chance that they're not going to come back." Uh, and we will buy you time so that you can find this mystery man and then lead him into battle when, when you do, um, we'll have to hold off the queen until then. Um, it's a, I don't know if it's like an intentional, like gendered swap, but it's like the boys go off to battle and the girls stay behind to do the spell. Yeah, it, it is. It is very much that, um, I love John's line here where he says for the first time I'm, I'm. I'm not running, you know, away from anything. I'm running towards hope. And if we do this, oh yeah, he's not just like throwing himself at danger because he's the only thing he knows how to do. He's like, no, no, no. I'm like, I'm actually trying to do. I'm working towards a better future here. And if we do this, if we win, if we save the world, then you are free. Like him potentially sacrificing himself for Mary to be free from hunting is a is a big thing. Mm -hmm. Um, she's like oh if only that were true or I said that in my notes because then you have to get a job you know or go to school imagine like like somebody sacrifices themselves to save the world and prevent you from like like being a hunter and like you reward them by like I don't know I'm gonna work at like Circle K (laughs) that's what if somebody sacrificed themselves so that I didn't have to go to work anymore that would be huge man that is huge huge dub (laughs) huge dub for Chris Mosier Um, there's a moment here and I'm only going to call this up because nobody agrees with me. Uh, and the timing doesn't work out either. But I want to bring it up anyway because it's my own special hand cannon. It's my podcast and I can do that. Uh, unless you tell me not to because I'll listen to you about it. Uh, <laughs> she, as they're about to part, she says, oh, there's something I need to tell you. And he goes, no, no, no. Tell me when you see me again. Um, and they smooch. And I think it's the fact that she's pregnant with Dean. Uh, what does... Ah! I thought she was just gonna say the thing about the about not getting into college. Nope. Uh, probably. I mean, that's what the episode. Dude, sets you think up. she's? You, dude, you think she's pregnant? I think that like we we have established that John Winchester doesn't know a lot about sex. Mary probably had to dude. lead him through most of the act. Um, she's and pregnant, dude. She 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 is. <laughs> she dude she she pregante, dude. <laughs> she's pregnant, dude. Are you for sure? <laughs> No, and nobody agrees with me. I said this somewhere. I don't remember where, and people were like, ah. 
<laughs> pretty far fetched, but uh, she's a gregontis right now. Dude. <laughs> I think she is. I think she is with child, my friend. Dude, she's progged up. She's progged up. Like if you think about it, like they've been, you know, doing a lot of kissing, and everybody kissing, and everybody knows you get, you get preggers by kissing. So in the Sam Winchester school of of prognancy, uh, that's how it goes. Dude, kissingcouples.net. Kissingcouples.net. It's on the website. Uh, again, I don't think that this is actually real or not i just in my head i think it just has a certain amount of symmetry to it that i really like um yeah and there's also like some metaphysical stuff about like oh like he's born into this universe or something i don't know i don't know there's it's a fun headcanon for me is all this is sure um, sure sure and she can't tell john if she's pregnant because he would be hitting the gas a little too hard on the battle you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, he'd be ready i don't want to come back <laughs> Um, we jump to Joan opening the portal, uh, which sounds like every single supernatural intro we've ever heard. Like it's got the exact sound effects. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> but she's not able to uh, to open the portal because it's time to fight. Here comes Samuel, John, and Carlos, who have all armed themselves with swords. Uh, she does a nice classic "Hello, right, boys." Waited fifteen seasons for that shit to see some some sword fights. I, they got real swords. That's swords. I. I... <sighs> I don't. I don't want to rain on anybody's parade. I think it's cool that they have okay. swords. I think I'm standing up because I'm fucking pissed off. Say whatever you have to say. Say I, whatever you fucking say. I think a couple of the swords look kind of uh, high school theater proppy. Well, okay, that is fair. But they are swords, and they but do their sword. silhouettes from far away look cool. And they like and the, the squad and look, holding swords. The best thing about a sword is the clang, and they clang all. I really, all I over really the stood place. up. I didn't need to stand up. Did you really stand up? <laughs> yeah, I was. I was ready to be mad. But no, I get. They are very. They are very high school theater swords. They're not like. They're not swinging claymores or katanas out there. You know, they're not. They're not doing some cool anime shit, but uh. it's um, it's just a, it's just the nature of this show. I think like, and right. it's I, I think in a way it's charming because obviously they yeah. were, they I were just you know, I know I'm the sword guy, so I kind of have to like make a joke out uh-huh. of it. But part uh-huh. of me is like, why the fuck do they have those? It's it's a weird thing. Uh, I I think I texted you this, but I I I heard that the, the, either a theory or that maybe even Jensen said this at some point that um. You know, he didn't really want guns to be in the show uh, after his experience with the set of, of uh, Rust, where the uh, safety coordinator, I think I think it was the safety coordinator, uh, so- somebody died from a, a gun accident. Mm-hmm. Um, or Alec Baldwin shot her in cold blood. Either, whatever you want to believe, I don't know. I don't. I'm not. I'm not. In, I, I don't know the details of the case. Uh, but he's. You know, him coming to this show and being like, "Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to use guns." I don't even care if that's true because I'm so tired of gunfights in these types of shows mm-hmm. that I love. The I was fact- thinking about that in the context of Supernatural. I'm like, why were they just always firing guns? Yeah, there's just a lot of gunplay in that in that show, and it's because like that's what you do. That's like fun action television, right? Like you're shooting guns right. everywhere, uh, and it's easy to have a guy point a gun at something and, and make I think it Kripke really wanted them to be tough badasses in the beginning, and it makes sense. Like you shoot a werewolf with a silver bullet, right? Like they always yeah. had something, and I'm not like I'm like against it in a the supernatural tv show um but when you think about the types of thing they faced and like how unnecessary it was to <laughs> shoot most of the like they shoot a ghost in the first episode yeah and again yeah. the rock salt thing it was cool but it was very much like a rock and roll badass we're, we're cool guys type of thing um that just sort of stuck around forever that didn't necessarily always make sense why did they shoot a ghost um I just I think that was our the, the name of our first episode so it just cracks yeah. me up. Uh all of this said about swords aside, I think it's cool that they show up in swords and that the whole battle is a sword fight. I think it's I think it's awesome. Uh, I think this is this is a lot of fun. 
um, th- Joan tries to convince the, the, the fellas to come over. Uh, I mentioned it just a little bit ago, but we, we kind of got off topic. She does the Hello Boys, classic Crowley line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She begins to try to convince them, uh, and they all shut her down one by one. Only John is left, and uh, she just tells John, you're already a monster. And he Dude, sa- who says hunters don't kneel? Hunters that when he- don't kneel is what John says. Uh, and that's their, their big time, like, hoorah moment. And yeah. then she goes, that's right, they just die. Got him. She won the fight. I'm sorry. I don't care what swords <laughs> you have. Because that's also the moment that she conjures up a cool-looking yeah, sword. fucking die. Yeah, she just, she just like, puts her hand out and a fucking sword appears from the multiverse. Like, that is fucking awesome. I, can only, I can't really picture what it looks like, but in my head, it's a, it's a multiverse ghost sword. So mm-hmm. that kind of trumps the other sword, for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, and then it's time for classic sword fighting, which looks all right. This all looks pretty good. Um, yeah, it's pretty quick. We don't really spend a lot of time on it. Finally, it's midnight, uh, and it's time to use the ostium with the journal. Um, they trace the lines backwards. Uh, they use the ostium. The journal disappears, and like a flash of light, they realize nothing's happened. And then they look around, and there's the fucking Impala. Uh, and when they don't see the mysterious stranger, aka Dean, they presume that he is dead. Uh, and Mary's like, "Fuck it, the car is a thing from another universe." And I think it's um, Ada who's like Detroit Iron, or no, it's probably Millie that talks oh, about yeah, like, "Oh yeah, like a, <clears throat> I mean Detroit Iron would, would definitely kill her." Uh, and they, Mary jumps in the car. Uh, fun fact: um, Meg Donnelly got her license. Uh, like to to specifically like drive a fast car on set for this scene. That's um, very funny. And said she was absolutely terrified behind the wheel of this. Uh, every time she had to do it, the scene she it was, was like an easy stunt double situation, but like good on her for doing it. Yeah, yeah. And it's you know it's a, it's a moment, and I think this is fucking great. It's the classic Impala. It's the Impala with the fucking license plate and everything. Uh, and they speed off, and it's just a fuck yeah moment. It's a fuck yeah supernatural moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cut back over to the boys who are doing more, some more sword fighting, uh, and it seems to be kind of tied neck and neck. But Joan realizes that, or reveals that she has a trick, and her trick is just like, like telekinetic magic. It's like, boop, yeah. it's oh, a sick. Yeah, yeah. I, man, I just, I just, I wish there would be more time or or more effort paid. Like, I know they've got a lot of stuff going on. I just, the 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 the, the so the lame powers of your villain are are just the yeah. fact that they all share the same stuff is really kind of a bummer. Yeah, huge bummer. Uh, get, throw me some like green lightning or something. I don't know anything weird, dude. I would just want like bug wings coming out of your hands. Something just something freaky and weird. Um, How much cooler would know, it be you, if she spat venom on John Winchester right now? Oh come on, come right? on. What if um, what if she had a weird little like fake gills and spat venom from that? Dude, I'll take fake gills every day over <laughs> force push. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, yeah. I you mentioned earlier the swan song thing, and it's really interesting that. Mary is both Sam and Dean in Swan Song in this. Yep. Where Dean rolls up in the Impala at the last minute to to save Sam, um, just looking like a badass. And then Sam, when he gains control, jumps into the pit. Mary does both. She rolls up in the Impala like a badass, and then she drives it into the fucking pit. This is a great moment. Uh, I mean, it's there's a there's a musical moment at the end of this episode that is uh i think overshadows the rest of it uh they throw on the doors which is some fucking classic uh, americana rock even though i think there's mm-hmm. two but it doesn't matter um la woman starts playing which is a great fucking track and it's just fucking amazing she is ripping the impala down the road john sees her coming uh sets it up beautifully like 
manages to sword fight with this chick uh and then at the last minute like kicks her into the road and uh mary like fucking just drives right into her and yeah. i'd f- love that the the impala is what delivers the final blow That's extremely perfect. good man I, I, I as a as an impala fan i am uh-huh. just so into this um, unfortunately we didn't get out of the episode without calling it baby but i can forgive it because i was just happy to see everybody i am okay to be on the wrong side of history in that fight like i'll never be yeah. you're never going to change my mind on it i'm okay if everybody's having a good time with it um it's just it will always be the thing that keeps me and jensen ackles from being friends is the the fact that he does right. he, he uses the word baby <laughs> to refer to a car right. Right. um that's the one thing like he's been he's been fucking blowing me up on the dms chris but i'm i just can't do it i'm you sorry say, there's just but you won't i know you you won't just out and say it mm-hmm. like you kind of want him to, to discover it on his own and that's that's what the trouble is. he had daniel uh dm autumn to invite us over for dinner and i was uh-huh. like no sorry i can't make it <laughs> we're too busy we're hanging out we gotta go play family <laughs> And now he's like really stubborn about it, so he just keeps like he just keeps asking. It's like we're coming through, we're going to Mardi Gras. You want to come? No, I'm good, man. I got my own. No, dude, don't respond. Got my own parade. Sorry, I respond got my... after Mardi Gras. Oh my bad. Oh my bad. I just saw this. <laughs> um. Oh, my dogs are barking uproariously. <laughs> Can you hear them? Is that coming through on the mic? Those dogs are barking. You be working hard today. Uh, dogs are barking. Oh, you mean your actual dogs? Yes. But I'm sh- okay. I can't hear them. Good. Um, we 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 missed the part where John where Joan says that uh, she confesses to killing the men of letters, uh, including John's dad. Which makes I was him... like, wait a second, wasn't that yeah Abaddon? Which is um, the the last in a number of kind of um, uh, war changes differences of uh, between yeah. the main universe and this one um, to to kind of give us some clues that this may not be our universe. Uh, this fucking rules. Uh, I love the moment where Mary drives is driving so fast at this too that even the Akrita stop fighting and look up. <laughs> yeah, because that's a that car grumbles. Dude. Oh that's yeah, a, dude. that's a it's, sweet it's, it's sound. It's a growl. Car. It's a growl. I love it so much. Uh, the Akrita watching their queen uh, get d- fucking Detroit ironed into a portal of into a different universe either die i can't really tell i think they they killed the queen they killed joan so the creta just all die so they're not possessing the people anymore so the people are like what the fuck where am i bye and just leave like yeah. they ask zero yeah. questions it's very funny it's just like the clown people who just are like okay i'm 40 years oh all right cool let's rock yep um, great display set of time not gonna worry about it the there's nobody there and of course this is upsetting because that means mary is probably dead uh and as the as they start to take this information in uh john falls to his knees and 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 sorrow and then the portal opens up again and the impala comes tearing out uh smoking like they just traveled through fucking time like the fucking delorean and back to the yeah. future I love my only this. complaint is that la woman is not still playing i love <laughs> the idea of it like of it being like you're hearing that song because it's blasting in the car she goes to the portal the music stops and she comes back in so the song just starts playing again <laughs> so good um so good but yeah it's it's incredibly cool despite that everybody runs up and and you know right away like you know right away you know dean is in that fucking driver's seat uh everybody runs up and sure enough dean winchester pops out of the driver's side uh and he's kind of carefully approaching these hunters that don't know who he is and uh hands up hands up (laughs) uh our hands out not necessarily up but like hands like hey we're all we're all friends here and he slowly moves to the passenger side where he opens it and brings out mary um handing her off to john Uh, she's a little out of it but she's all right and i i think this is maybe the moment that 
Jensen wanted to get to and wrote and then created 13 episodes of television of him yeah. handing his mother, his young mother back to his father uh, in a different universe, putting them back together once again. Um, yeah. It has to, do you remember when Dean is in heaven? Um, and we, we learned that like not everything was great with Mary and John. Um, and we learn in season 11 or 12, like when he kind of yells at Mary a little bit, uh, we, we learned that, you know, hey, like Dean saw some of that. He was he was affected by that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I feel like this is him, like legitimately trying to heal himself of of this like kind of family trauma that he was carrying around. And this moment, yeah. very specifically, of like pr- pr- protecting his own mother and then handing her off to to John for them to be together and presumably start their lives together is is the moment, right? Like this is this is the yeah. shit that he would like he, the Akrita, okay, fine. That's that's a W in the column of a lot of W's, but this is this is the win for him, right? Like this is yeah. what he was looking for. Um Jeez. and it's, it's it's emotional, man. I get I'm I'm getting getting emotional thinking about it. I got emotional watching it. <laughs> like this is a moment. Yeah. It's a heavy moment. It's it's he's doing something for for childhood Dean. Something that that he could never do for his family for his parents and you got to imagine being a little kid seeing your parents fight wishing you could stop it make it better because to you it's like well these are my parents i love my parents why why are they yelling at each other why is this why is this happening and dean you crank that up to 11 you know um and then all the tragedy that that befell his family and even all the things that came later with mary coming back and this is this is healing that wound a little bit for himself he's in heaven and maybe everything feels perfect when he's in heaven but there's still a part of him maybe it doesn't hurt anymore but that part of him is still there you know he's still cognizant of it he hasn't lost himself he hasn't lost his memories and um this is a new version of heaven right so things are a little different and you know he finally gets to confront and and heal that part of himself you mentioned that like maybe everything is perfect in heaven and i'd vehemently disagree like i feel like the first thing that he did in heaven was get in the impala and, and drive around and he said he's going to say so in just a minute like the first thing that he did getting into heaven was like oh like i'm going to wait around like sam will get here eventually or whatever but like according to this what he really did was fucking leave <laughs> like, yeah. he yeah. was like castiel's yeah. not here sam's not here i am fucking gone like i am i'm gonna go find something to do until i can figure out what what else to, i can get myself into um so now it's time to explain everything. We're going to spend a, a pretty lengthy time going back and forth on this. Uh, of course, the first question John has is like, how did you survive this? You went to a different universe. Um, and Dean says that the Impala kept them safe. Uh, but there's not much that can hurt Dean because obviously he's already dead. And he was he was stuck in between the universes and he stayed close to the portal kind of waiting for this moment. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, who are you? And Dean says he's a hunter just like them, not from this earth. When I died, I made it to heaven, and the Impala was waiting for me, so I went for a drive and then a detour, and Lata's like, through the multiverse? Uh, and Dean's like, yep. And Carlos says, what were you looking for? And Dean says, good question, Carlos. Uh, yeah, I love that he calls him by name. That's like the only only thing that Carlos gets in this episode. <laughs> I look I look this up. Uh, Robbie Thompson says that it's because there's a moment in the main show where Sam calls another hunter named Carlos. Um, so Dean knows this guy, knows, knows this person, uh, that Carlos, this is confirmation that this universe is Carlos is, and also in the main supernatural universe, um, which I don't, 
I don't ab- absolutely do not. One of my main questions about the show was well, like, if it had been like Peter Irv, I would have gotten. You would have been right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think? That, <laughs> do you think that uh, Joan had Brick Holmes powers? Do you think she had just a heart that she needed to worry Holy about? Shit. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. I forgot about Ultimate Athlete Brick Holmes. I uh, don't care about any of the time travel shenanigans or whatever. I just like the fact that there's more Carloses out there for everybody to experience. Um, yeah. Yeah. He says, Dean says that he comes from a long line of hunters, once again, kind of implying this history with the with the Winchesters and the Campbells, uh, and that he wanted to find a version of Earth where his family had a happy ending, which is the most heartbreaking fucking thing in the goddamn mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. I, I just, why is this fucking hunk making me cry so it's much? It's so crazy that they could have had a happy ending to the to Supernatural, to the story of Sam and Dean. They could have gotten they a happy ending. They could have just written I get your, one. <laughs> yeah, your parents have already gone through it, but that doesn't mean that you and Sam can't be happy. And, you know, you and your extended family can't be happy. But they decided, well, let's cause this much pain and suffering as we possibly can that was a choice that somebody made yep um but he yeah here he, he you know goes in to explain the accreta a little bit more in depth that they were one of Ch- chuck's last creations he's <laughs> like what the fuck is chuck we don't like you, could, you can't just say that um but he's like oh yeah sorry this god uh long story but he's a huge dick um but uh yeah so he had to he had to come in and he had to uh he stopped the accreta because they were eaten through worlds they're going yes. from one universe to the next and they eventually they were going to get to his own but he wasn't really supposed to mess with anything, so he thought, I can just give you a little nudge. Uh, because even though the Akrita were obsessed with Dean, for the most part, he didn't do a whole lot, other yeah. than just to have his car there at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, all he did was put John and Mary together much earlier than normal. Right. Um, right. And thus, like, kind of started this, like, Scooby gang um, and and kind of sent him some clues a- along the way. Uh and he says that now that the Creed are gone, um, you you know they can all choose their own destiny and choose their own story. And that's when we hear a voice and it says, "And you can get back to yours." And we look over, and it's none other than our old friend Jack, uh, along with our even yeah. older friend Bobby. Um, and <laughs> I'm getting I'm starting to get emotional about this whole thing when they ask like, "Who is that?" And Dean looks back at him and says, "Their family." Yeah. It's uh, it was really nice to to see them again. I mean, I was already so surprised to see Bobby at the beginning of the episode, and then for Jack to show up, I was like, oh hey, and that's what I knew. I was like, all right, Cass and Sam are not definitely not. Up here. Yeah, yeah. We've gotten we got three, <laughs> we got yeah. three. We're not gonna get any more people. If um, it had really been like like everybody five, like the squad rolled deep yeah. over there i i don't know how i would have even felt that would have been pretty wild. Internet fucking exploded. Um, Dean walks over. Uh, after saying the, their family line, which is just, I just want to underline it again. Uh, Bobby says, this is all kinds of weird. I could see in Samuel with hair, which is, you know, very, very funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Jack isn't necessarily mad, but like, you could tell like Dean has been like pushing the limits a bit. He's and like, he, dude, like we just set shit up and you're already <laughs> fucking with everything. Uh, and Jack says, I wanted mankind to make their own fate. And that meant no interference from on high, no exception. And Dean's like, but it's the Akrita. Like, Sam is still alive. He deserves a long life. These people deserve a long life. Uh, but and if you want to cast me out of heaven for doing it, so be it. Again, Dean does not want Dean's to be like, in heaven. Dean's like pretty please, dude. Like pretty please, kick me <laughs> get out. me the fuck out of here. I do not want to be anywhere near this. Uh, and Bobby is like, I, I also if we're, if we're voting, I, I vote for giving Dean another chance. Um, and then Jack has a pretty good line here of, "There's always another case with you hunters, even in death." Uh, and Jack says, hey, if you're going to meddle in things, you need to finish what you started and hands him something. Um, 
get around to the there will be there will be peace when you are done part of the song very funny very good it's a great line uh dean walks back over to mary and john and starts talking about his dad keeping a hunter's journal uh just like the one that he has i live my whole damn life through this thing is just really great um yeah. and it sad. doesn't i know that, i don't know if it's supposed to be like time loop hunter's journal but it really doesn't look like the same one to me absolutely and maybe i'm does. just yeah. remembering it wrong but um, um he says this is mine uh so if you're gonna stay in this game this this will help you guide through it uh we're gonna learn in just a little while that this is dean's hunter's journal like this is yeah. dean has written some stuff down in this which is also extremely fascinating for a season two season three of just like them mm-hmm. Because I, I have to imagine Dean's like, diary, dude. Oh, Dean's diary, dude. It's Dean's diary. Imagine like the fucking uh, like water prints from beer rings. You know what I'm saying? Yep, like yep, the fucking yep. just like greasy fingerprints that are on the pages as they're trying to suss out how to kill a fucking you know angel or whatever, how to solve an angel yeah, war yeah. or or who God's sister is. Like I'm just fascinated with this idea. Such a good idea for for a, a recurring season. Um, he looks over at Mary and says, uh, I know you're thinking about quitting hunting, and I understand, but if you need to do me a favor, keep an eye out for a yellow-eyed demon, and if you catch a hint of that son of a bitch, you need to use this, and hands her the fucking cult! The fucking cult? Now, this is where, like, my true nostalgia is. Just rewatching those first five seasons a million times, just sort of waiting for a new episode in season six. That was when I was really, really into Supernatural. So there's my still, my closest connection is, they mentioned the yellow-eyed demon, and Dean talking to his mother about this, this what started their journey when they fridged Barry. <laughs> um, <laughs> it It's like it just rings on something in my heart. It reminds me of being a teenager watching this. And it's like bringing that back. That's got me again. And just as simple as like, that's not going to happen this time. They, John and Mary are still going to be hunters in this world, most likely. But Yellow Eyes is not going to ruin their family not going to corrupt sammy not going to kill mary not going to ruin john and dean's lives it's that won't happen something else could still happen their fate is still their own but this particular thing is not going to fucking happen and mary asks the question did you ever find that version of your family that you were looking for with the happy ending And he looks around and like sees carlos sees lata and is like i think i did yeah. <laughs> so good like it just yeah. feels like it just i've mentioned this before but like i just it makes all of the like cheesy sword props and kind of right. dumb akrita powers just makes all of that go away like i just don't obviously we get, we, we talk about this show we talk about all of the details we talk about it as a whole uh but it makes to me it just like washes that away like i can't be mad at it like i, I just yeah, i cannot I, I be think... mad at it we mentioned how this doesn't actually really overshadow everything else, even though it kind of does in a way. But it's like he doesn't overstay his welcome. He doesn't do too much. Dean doesn't get the final kill or anything like that. Um, but putting everything else aside, it's that emotional resonance and feeling like just a little bit of closure for Dean, where we feel like we got so robbed at the end of season 15. It was We were left with such a painful wound, really. And this goes just a little bit to towards healing it. Knowing that yep. that Dean fulfilled this lifelong quest of bringing peace not to himself but to his family, and even in killing the Akrita, that means that Sam gets to go and live that long life with a stupid wig on. You know, like Dean did that. E- even in death, Dean did that. And yeah. uh, not to take Sam's agency away, not to take John and Mary's agency away, but this is all Dean ever wanted was a happy family. Mm-hmm. More than Sam ever wanted it, certainly. Sam was always running off to college. Even in multiverses, he was always kind of going his own way. 
Um, but Dean always just wanted a happy family and he, he did that. He did that for a version. And I, it's, it's very sweet, you know, yeah. to realize that like of all the things that he's done, he just wanted to make his parents happy. He just wanted them to live a good life. Uh, you never told us your name says somebody, John, I think. And, uh, Dean thinks for a minute and says James Hetfield, which is, you know, classic supernatural like it. Mm -hmm. Uh, John, Bobby, not John, excuse me, Dean, Bobby and Jack and the Apollo fade out of existence. And, uh, they, the Scooby gang is left like looking at each other and they say, now what? And, uh, we go home. And uh, one of these things first by Nick Drake starts playing. We see Lotto restoring. Dude, the Nick Drake pull out of nowhere. I was like, hold <laughs> on. Dude, this episode, like I've been waiting all of my life <laughs> for yeah. music to be yeah. this good on Supernatural. Yeah. This is so good. Uh, we see um, Lotto restoring Ada's soul using some earth magic. Um, Ada is able to like, you know, inhale this whatever yeah it takes two seconds and we're just back to normal i'm like all right good <laughs> and ada's like you did it and lotta's like no no we did it um we get a scene of samuel hugging mary and just disappearing and i'm like so okay so all right see you later out, brother. not worried about where he is anymore okay yeah. cool uh and then later on uh john and mary are going to the movies and john said asked mary like what did you see in the portal and she says everything i saw every possible version of myself uh but i've decided that i'm gonna make my own um, she's going to leave Lawrence and find out who she's going to be. Uh, and John says, look, when I got back, I was, I was lost, but I found where I belong. Uh, but I can't be the best version of that without facing the anger inside me. I'm going to make, I'm going to figure out a way to make sure that it's not in the driver's seat. Um, so this is them like kind of saying goodbye, even though John immediately says like, Hey, do me a favor. Like no goodbyes. Like this is them splitting up basically right like this is mary mm -hmm. leaving lawrence and john committing to staying behind and hunting and lawrence and that's significant <laughs> like that's a huge yeah. thing like yeah. uh, all of the fucking sugar that we just piled on top of like dean helping these two people to be together in a way that's happy and wholesome and presumably productive to make dean <laughs> is now all in jeopardy because they're they actually literally want to do what he said that they can do which is choose their own fate yeah um, little smoochy smooch, smoochy smoochy. Cut back over to Carlos, Lata, Millie, Ada. They're all hanging out. Uh, Lata's got a new case. Um, John is also there. I didn't mention John because he's had enough screen time as it is. Uh, someone rings the bell at the garage. They're all at the garage, and uh, he heads outside to see that it's Mary. And he's like, "Hey, I thought we weren't going to do this whole goodbye thing." And then she's like, says the thing that everybody else was thinking. She's like, "This isn't goodbye. Why the fuck aren't you just like coming with me?" <laughs> You don't even have a job. Like, why don't you just come with me to where I'm going? <laughs> problem solved. Problem solved. Yeah. You don't, you don't have any responsibilities. Um, they drive off together. Uh, really cute moment. John's like, let's listen to some music. And Mary says, no, I've read this. I've read the mystery man's journal. Uh, I think, that, I think she says Hetfield's journal. The fact that they are just going to continue, like imagine season four and they're just still yeah, calling him Hetfield. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, she, and he says, Hetfield was very clear about this. Uh, driver picks the music, shotgun shuts his cake hole. She shoves in the Led Zeppelin tape and is fucking rambling on. <laughs> After like, what, 20 years, man? Like, it's yeah. been 20 fucking years of talking about Led Zeppelin on Supernatural. And they, we finally fucking got it. And it's set to a, I think, very effective montage of not only John and Mary, but like the whole Scooby gang. Although John and Mary definitely takes precedence in all of this, which is yeah totally understandable and a little bit of a bummer for me. So, <clears throat> yeah. 
Um, but I still love it. Yeah. Like the, this, I was bawling my way through this. So like, I yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't get to to bawling levels because I think that uh, I don't think I've cried again since the season finale of Supernatural. Like I cried more at that than any other event in my entire life. Um, that's a joke, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that was a high, high, a high emotional high or a low emotional low if you want to go that place. Um, but yeah, you know, there's there's so much left unaddressed undone in this show but i think the way that this episode made us feel is worth something like this this feeling didn't come from from nowhere um i think it would have in a better world in the better reality we would have gotten a season two of this at least to explore these other characters because we got to know i mean i the biggest thing is like Carlos. Like Carlos is the more I think about him, like he might have been like the star of the show who never really got to do all that much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and in a better world we would get more of Carlos, more of Lata, more of Ada, more of Millie. Like they had a great supporting cast. And it did what Supernatural always struggled to do, where Sam and Dean were always at the focus, and then there would be there would be a Bobby, there'd be a Castiel, but it, it just felt like nobody ever got to be as major of a player as Sam and Dean ever, ever. Um, except for again, maybe Castiel is probably the only exception to that. Um, where this from episode one, it was, it was focused on John and Mary, but Carlos and Lata were a big presence. They always had their own B plots going on or they were mixed up with the other characters. And that was really refreshing. And again, that was what I always wanted from Supernatural. I always wanted there to be like an ensemble cast of, of, of characters who returned every episode, every other episode. And um, this had that feeling so, so great. It was like that almost like comforting feeling like, oh, I'm going to go back to Lawrence tonight. I'm going to watch a new episode of the Winchesters. I'm going to hang out with these characters I like. And, oh, there's uh, Millie at the garage. And, you know, just little things like that, that as you, like, get really familiar with the series, they become these signposts of, like, oh, this is something that I can check in. I love I love seeing this person. I love seeing this character. Um, so to see it all just sort of evaporate right at the end is a shame. But you know that that wasn't what they wanted. That's just what time allowed for. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And they had to zoom back in on on the the main thrust of it it's called the winchesters you know so i think um, if um i think if we if they had gotten a season two we would have seen this montage i, I think uh, uh, yeah i agree i, I think I, agree. I think this this whole segment i think we would have got the the led zeppelin ramble on thing like i think that's what mm-hmm. they they obviously like very very much wanted it um but i feel like we would have gotten like a like a stinger or th- at the end to set up season two or something like there's a second accrete a race of bugs that are eating the multiverse or something um yeah I I it's it's a fascinating show. I don't it's and I I could be wrong cuz I'm not like a media studies guy, but I feel like it's one of the few times that we've ever seen a a main actor go back and like literally try to fix the ending of a show that he was in. Uh and that's that's we're going to talk about this a lot more in our feedback episode when we do our kind of season summary, but to me that's the way that this reads of like I don't think that Jensen was particularly happy with the ending of Supernatural. I don't think that he whether it was because of COVID or whether COVID was a factor or was with the writers or, or whatever, like the way that he went out just being like randomly killed by a vampire and then zapped to heaven where hardly any of his fucking family was. I, I just, I felt, I feel like he was dissatisfied with that. And it's like the definition of not with a bang, but a whimper. Yeah. And um, I feel like he created this to, you know, set, supernatural back on a path that he that he wanted like i feel like he would have 
if he was in, if he was in charge, and this is me assuming a lot, y'all. I under, totally understand this. Like, I don't have any. I mean, he keeps DMing me and texting me and stuff, but we haven't actually talked. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I don't talk to, I don't really talk to Jensen about Supernatural. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. But I, I feel like this was him setting the finale right in the way that he wanted, which is. I want these people to continue to develop and create lives and things like that. Like they, we, we just want to, them to go forward. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really it. I, yeah, I, I think it's a great finale. So Mm -hmm. I, it, um, yeah, the emotional resonance is there and I think that's what it really comes down to. We'll have more time to unpack it when we do the feedback episode, Mm -hmm. but, um, as as far as an episode goes, this was a great episode. You yeah. know, I was I was in it to win it the whole time, um, and and the complaints really just come from the fact that like oh it had to stop. They had to just jam it all in right here at the end. So, and I um, think I think it's you know when when Robbie when it came out on the at the beginning it was like just give me thirteen episodes. Like I feel like they they earned it. Like that this is mm-hmm. I would if you're a supernatural fan I don't know why you wouldn't like this show. Like if you treat it as season right. one of Supernatural of which can sometimes be goofy and dorky and a little weird and have meta plots and like not quite figured itself out yet and all this kind of stuff. Like it's 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 so good like it's just it's just it's just a very nice companion piece to the main series so yeah um you know and we laughed at the show when it was announced and people were like wow this sucks this sounds so not what we want this is the exact opposite of what we could ever want uh and i was fully on board with not watching it had no interest whatsoever but as the the series premiere snuck up on us i think we both found ourselves a little excited about it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. curious at least um and then we started watching it and both of us were really pleasantly surprised and i think i continued to feel that way throughout the entire season yeah and uh especially with like over the year that we recorded it like not to get you real like i just like i can get so down and like i'm so stressed out about stuff so i have a hard time enjoying certain things and i kind of thought that the winchesters would be a victim of that but every time i sat down to watch an episode i would find myself being pleasantly surprised that it was meeting a quality and and scratching an itch i didn't really realize i still had from supernatural so um overall i think the show is a success i don't think it it won in every category i don't think it ticked every single box but i think it uh it told a good story uh surprisingly and um, I think it had a, a an emotionally resonant conclusion. So, those are my final thoughts. I um, I'm desperate to hear what people think about this show. Um, yeah. I was on Twitter. I, I I've seen things. Um, I know people out there have some opinions. I know they're very divisive. If you have right. opinions, oh, and, and not to totally interrupt, but I think that part of me, my opinion shifted. I knew the show was canceled. I knew it was over and done with. Um, and I, so going into the second half of this series already knowing that I think maybe altered my expectations and then allowed me to have a better time. Yeah. I'm, I'm extremely excited to hear what other people think about this and like your own head cannons, your own like thoughts and feelings and all of that stuff. Like, please, please write in monster three podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter or Facebook or Tumblr or wherever you decide to, wherever the 17 zillion fucking social media sites that are out there. Uh, just let us know. Um, just just send us your thoughts and feelings. I'm very excited about it. Um, and that's going to be the end of the episode. So thank you, everybody, for continuing to listen. Uh, follow, subscri- stay subscribed to this feed. We're going to have our feedback episode next week. And then, um, as we mentioned in the last episode, we're going to take a little time off. Uh, and then you will hear... 
on this channel and on Stillest Kingdom Keeps and on our Patreon, you will hear an announcement about our new thing. New big oh. thing, Chris. New big thing. New huge big thing. New uh, large huge thing. New huge big thing. Uh, we're going to do the classic uh, Monster of the Week thing where we go way overboard and make a whole song and <laughs> do the thing have cool art uh so just stay tuned to various social media sites for announcements and things like that uh in the meantime like i said send us your thoughts and feelings about the winchesters and uh we look forward to talking to you soon bye everybody goodbye As far as dad goes, I dream about dad all the time. You do? Of course I do. It's usually the same one, too. We're all in the car, I'm sitting in the driver's seat, dad's sitting shotgun, but there aren't any shotguns. There's no monsters, there's no hunting, there's none of that. It's just, he's teaching me how to drive. And, uh, I'm not little like I was when he actually taught me how to drive. I'm 16 helping me get my learner's permit. Of course, you're in the back seat, just begging to take a turn. Pull up to the house, the family house. I park in the driveway, and he looks over and he says, perfect landing, so. I had that dream another couple of months. Kind of comforting, actually. I always, uh, I always dream about mom. Some kind of thing, though. Normal life. Yeah. Get it out. Get the juicy. Is the juicy get the juicy Lucy? I think the juicy was a little bit too Lucy. You know what I mean? You uh having some big league, big league chew. I had a uh, dude. Imagine if I was just tucking into a fucking folded over bag of big league chew right uh, now. Just stuffing your like fucking jaw full of big league chew right now, Chris. Just like sugar fucking bomb. Trying that's to what like, I should have done when I went to that baseball game. Hundred, hundred percent, man. Baseball just players tucked it. <laughs> Baseball players are so fucking gross, man. Like, Dude, we really there's talk a guy. About that. There's a guy on the Red Sox, Rafael Devers, great player. He just he we joke that he's not chewing dip. He's just got like a whole cigar in his mouth. It's fucked up. It's straight up fucked up. He can't run the bases because he's got a log in his mouth. And if he slides, he's gonna choke and die. It's a lot. How many times did he scratch his balls that you were paying attention to? I didn't notice any ball scratching. Um. They were getting their 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 balls handed to them, you know what I mean? They got Not their too. butts whooped. They have been on a winning streak. And I mean at the time of recording when I saw them, they were on a winning streak except for the one one day that we were there where they got dominated. Absolutely fucking killed. Yeah, autumn autumn Anytime we're watching baseball, uh, which is not often, but like at a bar or something, right? Like if it's on the TV and she sees the baseball players, she's like, these are the most non-athletic athletes that we yeah. we have. Like this, the, yeah. they just, I mean, like compared to the lithe body of your average European football player, <laughs> like they're just. <laughs> right, right. They're, they're just, they're just big. Did you ever watch the, this... the Lonely Island thing um, where they 
Oh, they're like concept album for Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did a Netflix yeah. thing where it was just like what? <laughs> there's just like a 30 minute music video basically of them singing songs about Jose Canseco and that their little tiny penises. Oh, and that's what it is. That's enorm- right. yeah. enormous scrotums. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it's probably still on Netflix. Who knows? I'm realizing that we already talked about the baseball game I went to because we've recorded a thousand times this week. Um, <laughs> right, but it is funny. Like the Red Sox have this one dude who's like a super athlete right now so he's always stealing bases because everybody's like wait what do you mean what he's running he's running at full speed what do you huh how do we <laughs> how do we compete do about that this doesn't seem fair <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's frankly not this absolutely doesn't seem fair you got like I've... a 40 year old guy on the team he's like what am i supposed to do i can't do that <laughs> I've heard about the like minor league that they have, um, where the teams do all of the funny dances and they like make it like super entertaining and mm-hmm, not serious. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some videos of that of just like all of a sudden the entire team on that are like the pitcher starts dancing and then the all of the dudes on the bases starts like dancing in sync with them and stuff. And it seems very fun. Like it seems like it's yeah. very it would be an entertaining experience more so than your average baseball game. I think. Yeah, uh, probably this. Going to the game was interesting because all the players come out to like theme songs. Also, there's like an OP that plays before the the game yeah. starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt like I was a, in an anime. Mm-hmm. You don't see that when you watch it on TV, or at least you don't see the same thing. But all the music they were playing, it was mostly just like what sounded to me like modern hip hop that I'd never heard before. Um, so, you know, it's something that gets you pumped up. But then the older guy on the team came out to some dad rock song, um, some just some soft contemporary rock. I guess that's better than dad rock. But um, anybody come out to Leonard Cohen? <laughs> No one came out to Leonard Cohen, I'll tell you that much. But one dude at the end, they pulled him in as like a relief hitter or something towards the end of the game. Uh, and he came out to Metallica. I don't even know what song it was, but it took him a little bit to like get up to the base because it or get up, you know, to home plate because he hadn't batted yet. So it's just for like what felt like 45 minutes was just dun, 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 like the heaviest <laughs> fucking Metallica riff. And I was like, all right, let's get it going, guys. What do you consider dad rock nowadays? Because dad rock... You know, I don't know. This seems like... Oh, let me... It, I bet it's shifted a lot. Because dad rock now is technically like the 90s alternative music that I was growing up with, right? Like, that's yeah, dad I, rock. I don't... Like Fuel I, and Candlebox yeah. and like Pearl Jam even. Although Pearl Jam like is, is could even be considered like... I think that is sort of what I mean now, even though I don't, I didn't really know what I meant. But this is by a person or a band named Augustana. the 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 name of the song is Boston, so that's why oh, he well, clearly that, yeah, chose yeah, it. Yeah. Um, that seems like just somebody going through Spotify and looking for like, oh, I'm yeah. moving to a new town. But it was all <laughs> these like these like modern songs, like to get like the players hyped up, and then the old guy would come up to to bat, and it would play this song. We were like, all right, Turner's up at bat, I guess. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious i didn't know they were doing that so it's not just like when they take the field it's every time they they get up to bat like every time there's a new batter like they'll play a song and if somebody just like immediately like hits a pop fly gets caught they're out like two seconds later the next song starts (laughs) this is a i guess this is probably like a wrestling thing like i feel like since wrestling has gotten more popular this has probably been more popularized uh have you ever thought about what song you would come out in like if you were Let's say that you and I are doing a live Monster of the Week show, and we have uh-huh. a we have a host, we have an MC for the day, for the evening. And they are introducing us, and instead of coming out together, we're coming out separately because I'm a prima donna and I, I need to yeah. be the second act. I need an opener for my second for my second act. Uh, what's have you considered what song you would walk out to? Like no, would... but right now I came up with my answer, and I think that you know how for for um, the movie trailers they always take some popular song and make like an epic 
yeah, yeah. movie trailer version of it. It would be that, but it would be for Careless Whisper. Okay. So they would just you'd get like that like first opening sax line, and then it would be like shun dun dun. And then another line of the sax or something. Just really, really over the top, but it's Careless Whisper. Do you think you could like make a really like super sad version of that sax? Like that. I mean, the the original kind of is already pretty sad. It is very sad. Like saxophones just in generally make stuff happy, I think, like just about the nature of the instrument. But what about you? What would you be coming Careless Whisper is a good one, man. I guess I would probably just dig deep into Guns N' Roses. Like I would probably. The the last refrain of November Rain, always good. Like that, that kind of like the little outro part would probably be pretty good. Um, I was really obsessed with One by Metallica in sixth grade. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I tried to learn how to play the guitar part on bass. Uh Um, Had a little bit of success. I mean, it didn't sound right. But then I later got a guitar many years later and I thought, oh, I can still play this. Oh, yeah. This is is the instrument I'm supposed to be using for this. Yeah. my working theory is that everybody gets obsessed with Metallica when they're in sixth grade, and some that's what, you, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, some people let it go, and some people move on with their lives, yeah. and some, some people absolutely do not. Um, dude, the part of one by Metallica, I gotta specify one by Metallica, um, the darkness imprisoning me part. Oh, all that yeah. I see, absolute uh-huh, horror. Uh-huh. I cannot live. I cannot die. Trapped in myself. Body is my holding cell. I want that part to play while I'm walking out to the to the monster of the week meet and greet. The, Everyone's like, "What the, the, fuck, what the fuck is this dude doing?" I, everybody would be like, "No, no, that's Chris. That's yeah, definitely dude, Chris." Dude, darkness imprisoning me is like that's super supernatural. Coming out with your Sam Winchester hair would be perfect. Mm. Absolutely perfect. Dude, today I um, so my hair has been growing out a little bit, and I don't know what I'm gonna do with it because it's you know it's getting a little thin up top. Um. Today, it's been fine. It's looked normal. Like, I don't look like an idiot when I go to work with this haircut or lack thereof. Um, but today, just one half of my head just just spiked out in, in one direction. The hair was all just, just, you know, kind of reminiscent to, like, the Sam Winchester's worst hair days. And I just couldn't do anything about it. There's no, no matter what t- preventative measure I took, it just would still stick out. And um, the only thing I could do was tuck it behind my ear, which also looked awful mm. and so my manager was like oh you growing your hair out again i was like fuck of course he fucking notices today god damn this, it this is the one day yeah absolutely i um i don't understand why that happens i'll have i'll have plenty of good hair days and then it'll just, just nope we're just we're going horizontal today we're just we're going sideways you have sideways hair down here we have sideways rain that's what happens yeah. to us a lot. So having sideways hair in Boston makes a lot of sense to me. Um, For sure. <laughs> I don't. Um, I don't normally have bad hair days. Uh, I have. Whoa, I, ha- okay. I have. I don't. I have not cut my hair in a, an egregious amount of time. Hair days, and that's always pretty bad. But like, I guess my hair. My hair is so naturally curly and thick that like I can just. I just put it in place with some gel, and like it just stays there. Like that's that's yeah. my hair doesn't have like motion at all. Like there's never a time where I'm like turning my head and I get that fun like whoosh. Like I'm in yeah. a fucking Vava Saloon. Is that a I shampoo? Think, I, Vava Saloon. I, yeah, that's sure. I think like, most yeah. of my uh, uh, hair days are bad hair days. The okay. only time I don't have a bad hair day is whenever I've decided to take a selfie or whatever. If you see a mm. pic of me pop up, it's because I thought I, I was feeling myself. You're feeling yourself, yeah. Absolutely. And then I'll look back on it and be like, mm, maybe that wasn't it. Um. You know, I've got a weird hairline. Even when I've got a full before the thinning started, my forehead, you know, starts on the moon and then works its way down to my eyebrows. So, you know, that's that's always been been tough. I got a extremely weird part in the back of my hair. It's I either have a cowlick or it's just like parted in such a way that it just looks like the back of my head's fallen off. It's just it's tough. I just want everyone to know how hard it is to be me. It's really difficult to be Chris Mosher. I have a <laughs> uh, I have a blonde spot in the back of my head. 
Oh, that's um, kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's a birthmark or something, so the hair just grows in kind of blonde. Um, and every time I go to a new hairstylist, like I have to do the thing. They're like, oh, wow, what's this? And I'm like, oh, it's just a... It's my secret. It's, <laughs> it's a secret thing. If you push the button too hard, then I explode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make um, a bunch of dumb jokes about it. Mine's, mine is very gray, and everybody loves to say it. Uh, a couple weeks ago, my family came over, and we were outside, and everybody was like, oh, wow, your hair's super gray, huh? I'm like, yep, thank fucking thank you, everyone. Thanks you a lot. Giant uh, asshole. I, you know, I always thought it would be cool. And I didn't, I didn't, I never cared. But suddenly, my beard is all gray, my hair is gray. I'm like, mm, maybe I do care. Maybe I am worried about how rapidly I'm aging. The joke is real now, Jeremy. The joke <laughs> is real. We've been making that joke for a long time. Um, I... I saw my one of my sisters for the first time, and um, we had to do the math. I hadn't seen her in like five years or something, um, which is like bad. Like, but, but like also, I live an hour away. She has a kid and a and a husband and a life. Like, it's just it's just difficult to make time for stuff. Yeah. And I and it's and it's you know, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but like I just I we should hang out more. I get it, but like yeah. she walks into the pizza joint that we're meeting at, and the first thing out of her mouth is just you got gray. And I was Damn. and I and she looked great. Like that was oh, I think I may have already told you. Oh, this. we did talk about this. Yeah. Jesus Christ. We're talking to that's, wait. Well, that's how, this dude, is that's what how much it's yeah, yeah. It's eating away at you. <laughs> it's obviously so bothering me. I think me. we obviously will repeat ourselves. Like mm-hmm. we'll tell the same stories every once in a while, but it's like months apart. Um or like we bring up the same conversation about Shadow of the Colossus or something. Yes. That's mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. But yeah, we like nothing new has happened to us yet. So we're just saying the same stuff that we said a couple of I did um ago. totally different sister, I found out is a boy genius fan though so okay cool uh, me, me they're popular were, now they're you know they're getting out there in. yeah i know like i've um i feel like I, I got in just before like the huge wave hit like now they're mm-hmm. on good morning america but like i knew them first <laughs> i was listening to stay down today from them like i listened oh, to it, like man. three times in a row it's a good song to tell you what kind of yeah. mood i was in <laughs> that's such a good song that i know the name of it which is yeah. uh I, I have a really yeah. difficult time with names of songs because i just I'm such an album listener like nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like I just put on the album and it's on repeat and I'll just listen to it constantly. Uh, and I never really remember. But I know Stay Down very, very well. That's a, that's a good track. It's a heavy one. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're all heavy, dude. Like there, there's not well, like a real light. There's, <laughs> comparatively, I guess. There's not yeah. really a situation where you're like, oh, I'm bopping. Yeah. Um, which is so funny because I see so many tiktok videos of their live shows and they are just having the best time of their lives yeah. they're um, just rocking dude they do that, i mean i don't know if they still do but they did a lot of cover songs when phoebe did the band with connor oberst uh better oblivion they only had like 10 songs so every single night they were covering like wacky songs that she wanted to cover um which is i guess i mean i don't know what the behind the scenes was like for this but phoebe bridgers grew up listening to bright eyes loving bright eyes and then it's just like later on in her life in a band with that dude covering songs that she wanted to hear bright eyes play mm-hmm, i guess mm-hmm. she's living the dream dude living the dream man i uh it's just, just so much fun uh there's a video from their nardwar interview going around uh and julian who seems to be the most awkward and most brilliant singer songwriter mm-hmm. of the group maybe uh says that she's having a reverse that's so raven moment <laughs> and, and Lucy Dawkins from the side just goes, a memory? Yeah, I think that's called a memory. <laughs> Julian just, just like she gets so mad, she takes off her jacket and throws it on the ground. It is just like they just seem like such a delightful, uh, chaotic. I'm going to start calling energy. my memories reverse. Reverse. <laughs> 
just so good. Uh, I've never watched that so Raven. So, but I, I like I picked up what she it meant. She gets visions of the future. Yeah, you know, I just I picked it up in context clues. Like I don't need it explained. Yeah. But I, I, I love that the the stakes in that show were always so low. It was always just like something happening at school, <laughs> like some just some really dumb stuff. And I love a time travel or a time intervention show with super low stakes. That's yeah, fun. Absolutely. I um I started watching uh, Nancy Drew. Oh hell yeah, dude! On your, on your recommendation, so we were we've been in kind of a weird mode with TV lately um, for some reasons. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. We've just been like, what is something that we can put on the background that is mildly entertaining that we can like watch? And like for we had like some really good stuff that we were doing that with, and then we just ran out. So cue me like scrolling through the 300 TV shows that are on my server and finally yeah. get to the ends. And I'm like, Oh, Chris has been watching this Nancy brew, Nancy brew. No, Nancy drew show. Uh, and he's been telling me how great it is. And we're like, fuck it. Let's do it. It's a CW show. Like yeah. worst, worst thing that happens is we like kind of laugh at it and we look at our phones. Um, right. Instantly caught up. We watched like four episodes. Uh, Hell yeah. Would have watched more, but like I got home super late last night because I had to work late. Uh, and but yeah, it was very disappointed. I didn't get to. I am so fascinated by this show because it's it leads like the first the pilot episode is like kind of spooky. Yeah. Um. And then like they I I had I don't know why because you've kind of told me about the structure of the show but for whatever reason I was thinking it would be more of a like episodic thing so when it like leaves you hanging at the end of the first episode I was like oh so they're gonna like continue the storyline for a little bit and then the next episode uh you finally get the like intro to the series like the actual like CGI intro and like the yeah, ghost yeah. that they were talking about in the first episode is there and I looked over to all of them and was like oh well if the ghost is in the intro man we're, we've got a long time yeah. <laughs> we're not gonna yeah. solve this mystery for a while like this is going to be a whole season thing um, uh, as time goes on they start introducing monster of the week episodes essentially sure. uh, yeah, yeah. while they are dealing with their their main thing they stick to the main thing a lot more firmly than supernatural tends to um which can be good or bad depending on what you're into but uh i'm glad you're having fun with it we watched this first season when it when it aired uh and every year since chess was like i gotta get caught up on nancy drew and just never got around to it um she plays all those Nancy Drew computer games, so which are like incredibly difficult somehow, even though they're meant for like children. What are Nancy um, Drew computer games? They're like adventure games. So like imagine it's point like, and click um, style. Like yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. You go around. It's like somebody's hired her, Nancy Drew to to solve an incident. There's often there's ghosts and like you know we're criminals or whatever the hell. You know there's always just something obviously influenced by the books. Um, but she's just been into those her whole life, and um, so when yeah, the, there's the modern uh, hot girl take on Nancy Drew. Mystery um, of the Seven Keys is the 34th game in the Nancy Drew Adventure oh. series, and was announced by Her Interactive on April 4th, 2023. The game is currently yeah, in development. Say, I don't, don't think that's out yet. <laughs> and a release date has not been announced. But the, the last 34th, one was, uh, Chris. Yeah, dude, they've been they've been out. Uh, last one was Midnight in Salem. Took them forever to make it. It wasn't that great. But it's based on Salem, Massachusetts, and there's an area of that game that looks identical to the real place. And it like it was the first time playing a game. I was like, "Whoa, this is kind of wild." Or watching just play it, I didn't play it. But uh, anyway, yeah, the 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 series as of the time of this recording, the series is just about to air its final episode. Yeah, yeah. So we looked it the up. Mission the mission Jess like, has had is... me on is to is to catch up before the end. She she's got me like in her shipping thing she's never been a, like a shipper in this way she's making playlists and stuff she's all in it in the show oh, who does she ship is it a spoiler for me if you tell uh, me who I, she yeah ships? i won't say it. i won't say it. i'll okay. just let you just watch the show all right 
fine. That's fine. I'll be I'll be very curious. But yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty good show. Like I said, it's like you know I think I said this last time. Sometimes it's like very on the nose about what it's saying, but uh, it's a strongly feminist show. It's it's addresses a lot of issues, but also just has like a fun cast. There's lots of laughs. There's lots of spooky stuff going on. It's just, just a good time. The uh, cover art for the most recent um, Nancy Drew game. I'm sorry, it's not the most recent. It was just the only one on iOS. Which one? In, which is, Ghost, is it? Ghost of Thornton Hall. Oh, dude, Ghost of Thornton Hall. Uh, this thing is incredible. Like, just this ghost is is very intense. I don't know if you've seen the cover art. Oh yeah. Just, oh yeah, dude. Oh I, yeah. I just sent it to you. Like, it's it is extremely intense. I didn't realize um, this was on iOS. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I was just scrolling through the Wikipedia list, looking for like you know stuff. Um, there's a bunch of Mac versions of this, so yeah. if we both get kind of get into, um, if That's I get, if, true. Dude, <laughs> like if we do, if we if I like continue to watch the show, we should do a stream with um, Nancy Drew stuff. That'd be very funny. There's oh God, a, that would be amazing. I um, did you read any Nancy Drew or the Hardy Boys or any of that stuff like growing up? Like I don't like I knew they existed, but I never. Yeah, I kind of was like aware deep. of them, especially yeah. I think being like a boy, you're aware of the Hardy Boys. I was just aware of both, but uh-huh. uh, never... the Hardy Boys are in a lot of these games with Nancy. Yeah, well, there's a in the Wikipedia like there's a section, um, that has like the Hardy Boys stuff. Like it's there's it's... certain ones where you like play as them, and Jess is like, hey, I don't fuck with those ones. <laughs> yeah, don't. Who cares? Yeah. There's several iOS games. <laughs> Nancy Drew is like voiced by like a 55-year-old woman. <laughs> though she's supposed to be like 16. Oh, I love that. She's always on the phone with Ned and they're having relationship issues because she bounces around the world solving cases. Like she's in Japan like trying to like save a haunted inn um, from a murderous ghost and her boyfriend back home's like, "I have to go to this pool party, Nancy. I really wish you were here with me." Um Lonnie Jean Manella is the is the voice. Um she has been in some interesting stuff in her career, uh including the two thousand three dot hack slash sign, which I think what? who she play? <laughs> she played girl. Okay. Oh I remember girl. <laughs> you remember girl? <laughs> I remember of girl course. from Dot Hack Sign. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh she also shows up in it chapter two, but she's not credited as a role, so it must be very background character. Maybe she's the it. Oh my God! She was in the original Diablo. Has worked the peg legged boy, which doesn't mean anything yeah. to anybody unless you've played Diablo. That's actually kind of a cool <laughs> thing. That's really really funny. Yeah, been in a lot of video games, man. Persona Two. You gotta work. Damn. Um, I'm trying to think of some Chris. I'm trying to see some Chris video games here. A bunch of Fire Emblem games. She was Mia. Huh? <laughs> I actually know who Mia is. I don't think. I'm, is that from? Um... No, it uh, doesn't just, matter. Just this Fire Emblem. So. The one on GameCube. I think that's the one Mia's is in. This, I don't remember. Is this content? Is this what I, what we're doing right um, now? Is this content? Is me reading? We are, we are, this is the final episode of, of the Winchesters. It's the last episode of Monster of the Week that will be recorded for a while, posted for a uh-huh. while. You know, we'll do the feedback episode. And we are just here reading, reading through Wikipedia. somebody's IMDb yeah, we're not, we're not even. I'm not even on IMDb. Like, I am... <laughs> Uh, Manella is half Italian on her family side, uh, on her father's side. In her spare time, she does vocal coaching, gardening, and taking care of her rescue pets. All right. Anyway, Nancy Drew's pretty good. Um, yeah, good show. I, I'm, I, glad, I'm glad you're it. having fun with it. Mm-hmm. Tiny Dad, shout out to Tiny Dad. Love Tiny Dad. Um, um, he Autumn caught it immediately. He was the, one of the dudes from Party of Five, and he just looking up and seeing that he is like presumably 65 years old or something. And he looks like, great, dude. Looks like he has a lot of work done. Short uh, as hell, looks young is, as hell. <laughs> which is fine. Like you can have a lot of work done. Um, the the girl uh, is it Beth or Bella? Bess. Um, Bess. Uh, she looks like 
a person who was created in a lab in the best way possible. <laughs> like she just, she is so unworldly, like symmetrical. Oh I just, yeah, yeah. I just yeah. assume she was man-made if that, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, most people are man-made if you think about it. Yeah. Um, Bess, George, uh, Ned are all from the books. Nancy is obviously, um, I don't, I don't think Ace is, he's the other guy who works at the, the claw. Um, but that's like the main the main crew. <laughs> I, should uh, we talk about a different main crew? <laughs> we should. But I just I just want to because I didn't get a chance to text you about this. Uh, like the third of the fourth episode, they go to like a fucking medium, um, and, and I don't, I don't want to get too into spoilers. But like this medium is laying out like ghost lore, um, yeah. and it's Nancy Drew and her d- two of her gang. And Nancy Drew, throughout this entire scene, doesn't utter a single fucking word. It's just looking back and forth as these three people around her are like convincing themselves that ghosts are real, like with her <laughs> mouth kind of half open, and she's just like staring around the room. And it was so perfect. Like it was just the perfect reaction of just like, what in the fuck are you guys talking about? You're not taking this seriously, right? It was just a great moment. Okay, yeah, we can we could talk about the sad clowns of the Winchesters now. Yes, yes, yes. We're past sad clowns. Eh, I mean, John Winchester's <laughs> always going to be a sad clown. <laughs> Great point. 